Hey mamas, we see you doing all the things like wiping the runny noses while washing the dishes, trying to schedule the doctor's appointment and still pay attention to that conference call. And then we see you feeling all of the feelings, that sigh of relief at the end of the day when for at least 30 seconds, the house is completely quiet. The guilt you feel over the books that you didn't read or the kind words that you didn't say. We know that the collision between motherhood and mental health is a real thing and not enough people are talking about it. So come have a chat with us. Grab your favorite dinner that doesn't require you to do the dishes and take a seat on our couch. This is Takeout Sessions. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to an extra special bonus episode of Takeout Sessions. This is one of our, the first in our coffee chat series. Yes. We'll just sit and hang out and talk about straight up mental health things, right? All the fun things. All the fun things. So if you ever have anything that you want to hear about, we love to get comments on our Instagram. That's where we're most active. Facebook is a little bit hateful, so it doesn't always populate there the way that it's supposed to. But yeah, if you ever have a specific topic that you want us to talk about in a regular episode or on a coffee chat, we'll let us know. Tonight we are chowing down on some Simple Truth cold brews, and they are... Not as good as our Rise coffees from the other week. Kind of tastes like sour chocolate milk. They're drinkable. They're drinkable. It's going to keep Jenna awake all night when Mm -hmm. she goes to work. (laughs) Yep. 2 a.m. We're starting early. We're starting early with our coffee. So today we are going to talk about how to find a good therapist, which is the huge elephant in the room of all of our episodes so far, I feel like. So let's, let's talk about it. My disclaimer is... Make sure, just pinky promise me now, that maybe you'll listen to the entire episode. If you cut it off in the middle of one of our thoughts, you might just think that we're like crazy lunatics. And really, there's a purpose, so just listen to the whole end and see what you think, okay? Counselor and therapist, we will probably use those interchangeably. Yep. It just comes out. Same thing. Typically, so Jenna and I are licensed professional counselors in our state, so we're typically called counselors Mm -hmm. when we talk but then sometimes billing people call us therapist and sometimes people think that therapy and counseling are two different things they're really about the same thing when you're talking about mental health stuff so step one we're licensed but do you guys know the difference between certified pastoral counselors licensed clinical social social workers i just butchered that all my lcsws don't get me (laughs) there's there's so many different letters and acronyms and titles it's it's confusing yeah it's confusing and when you get started going hey i might want to look for a therapist that can be one of the initial barriers that people Mm -hmm. face because they don't know who they're looking for and what they should be looking for and in some cases they may have had a bad experience before with a certain whoever so in general on the east coast you might run into more licensed professional counselors That doesn't mean that nothing else exists, but on the West Coast, you'll probably run into more LCSWs or those licensed clinical social workers. Yeah. I did not know that. At least from my experience. When we traveled out to Oregon for that training, they were like, LPC, what? (laughs) And they said that it was all social work kind of stuff out there. But over here, we do the same thing about social workers, right? Yeah. There's not as many. There's not as many. It's really hard, at least in our little area to find somebody to supervise you if you're trying to do residency for LCSW. So uh, I wouldn't say as far as approach, you'd really get much difference between 
an LPC or an LCSW. They're going to kind no. of both be broadly trained. Yeah. And then we all get into like our specific subsets of things that we get specific training in. But as far as our education, we get, or well, at least LPC, I don't know about LCSW, but we get a 40, oh goodness, a 60 hour master's degree. It's been a while. It's been, it's a, been, a, lo- a, it's been a lot of years and a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, and then we have to do a 4,000 hour residency in our state right now. Yeah. How, How many long- years did it take you? I was going to ask you. <laughs> Jinx. So it took me five years, solid five years, and it easily could have taken longer because I took a break for having babies and it was hard to get back into the swing of things. So I do not have that excuse, but it did take me five years. Did it really? It did. Because you were licensed before me. Was I? (laughs) Oh, I got licensed in April and then you got licensed. Were we that close? Yeah. We took the test the same year. Well, I forgot that. I uh-huh. just drink some more coffee over here. But like literally, yeah. So I took I tested it in July. So I got all my hours really quick. You didn't you didn't take the test. I didn't take the test. I have guys, I have such a fear of tests. Like I don't do these <laughs> standardized tests and they, very well. The one that we have to test to get our license, it's brutal. It it truly is. It took me I was right around the five year because at, at the very end, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I got to get this done or I'm going to have to ask for an extension and I don't need an extension so to my all so my hours. True. But I didn't, I was afraid of the test and honestly, I just didn't want to pay for it. Yeah. All the fees up front, it can, it, it can be a lot. And then if you fail it, you have to do it again. So, and we, we kind of came through with several people that had recently failed mm-hmm. by like two points and had to do it all over again. So yeah. it was it was anxiety producing. And it's scary because these people were super smart people. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, where do I fall in this? Which is very interesting. We could argue this probably mm-hmm. until we were in tears, but the test and how you do on the test does not indicate how good of a counselor you'll mm-hmm. be. It indicates how well you do on the test. But we have to have a ton of that education. We have to have a ton yes. of that supervised time with somebody who is licensed and has been licensed for a while watching us and signing (laughs) off on everything and giving us guidance and then we have to test out so that's what we have to do Mm -hmm. certified programs they don't necessarily have to do as long they usually have education requirements and i can't tell you all the different ones because i'm not one of those but you might run into places especially around here where people are called certified substance abuse counselors Mm -hmm. or csacs so that would be something that would probably be really good if you're looking for substance abuse treatment, but they are not necessarily licensed. They could be. They could be a licensed substance abuse treatment provider, which is an LSAT. <laughs> I found out this afternoon <laughs> when I was looking. And then another thing that you may run into is an LMFT or a licensed marriage and family therapist. They're also really few and far between. They are. And it's hard to find a supervisor. It's hard to find a supervisor if that's what you want to do, but they would have more of that specialized education i won't even say training necessarily i don't think because they have to do kind of the same thing we do but they probably have certain hours that are just for family and marriage issues and some extra education in those Mm -hmm. spots another thing that you might run into is a pastoral counselor and typically those are people who were in seminary or some kind of religious training and then they got extra training in psychology they're usually not licensed. There might be something for that. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I think they're usually usually like bachelor's level people that just got extra. And then sometimes you might be able to get pastoral counseling from a pastor 
that doesn't necessarily have any kind of specialized training, but we're going to save that for my bullet point down here at the bottom. We're going to move on. <laughs> so do you have to be ready to find a counselor or a therapist? Trigger question, right? It is. So I think there's a couple of sides to that. On one hand, it's kind of like the people who are saying like, I want to stop sinning before I go to church. Mm -hmm. I think there's that aspect of like, I want to get my life together and then I want to go to therapy. No, no friend, you don't have to do that. Like that's why you go to therapy mm -hmm. is to try and help work through those things. But I think you do have to be ready. You have to be willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. This is a really touchy subject it for is. me. It really, really is because there is no good time to go to therapy. There's not. There is no, okay, I can handle this right now time no. for therapy. Like what you're going to explore in therapy may be minimal and it may not affect you very much. You may go into therapy and you may get triggered and it may be really difficult for mm -hmm. you. Um, either, either way, the outcome can be good but you're never really truly prepared for what you're going to experience in therapy. So true. And if you're waiting for a convenient time to go to therapy, it's kind of like waiting saying, I'm gonna to go to the gym when I have time. You can always benefit from going to the gym, but if you never go, you're never gonna get those benefits. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, so those those are lots of, lots of characteristics. I, th I think people get hung up on that sometimes. Yeah, I do too. I think that's something that prevents people from actually going. Yeah. Is waiting, waiting for that time. But, you know, the other flip side of this is when you go to therapy, you're not going to somebody to fix you. Nope. It is not the responsibility of the therapist to fix all of your problems. That is not the purpose of, the th of therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a place for you to grow and to learn and to get assistance with understanding yourself, understanding different perspectives of things, and you're doing the work. Yep. You are responsible for doing the work just with the guidance of a therapist. Um, and if you're not ready to do the work, then... Because there could be homework. There could mm -hmm. be outside things that we ask you to do. Are you a homework therapist? Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> it 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 de it depends, but I'm typically it not. Depends on the per. I, but usually I do like very simple, manageable. Like try and do this thing for five minutes a day, or let's see if journaling is really helpful for you or not, or let's work on some positive thought replacement as far. Well. So it is the whole thing is that you spend probably at most, unless you're in an intensive program, an hour in therapy a week. Yeah. I don't have the stats right now and I can't do math, but there's a lot of other hours in a week that you're not in therapy. So if you just show up for an hour and then don't do anything until you come back for your hour next time, it's going to take a lot longer to see results or you might not. Yeah. You might not. But I will say with the whole readiness Mental health is in high demand, at least in the U.S. right now. So you could run into wait list. So if therapy is on your radar, it's probably better to go ahead and call. Yeah. And just, just get see. that initial appointment. Yeah. A lot of it is kind of like trying on shoes with therapy. It truly is. You've got to go try on the shoes. And some shoes might look really pretty on the outside and you mm -hmm. put them on and it's not a good fit. Yeah. I mean, and I tell, I even tell this to my clients, like, if you don't feel like this is working, if mm -hmm. you don't feel like the jive between the two of us, we can find you someone else. Like, yeah. it's totally fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings because not everybody meshes well. Yeah. And so it is okay to change a therapist. You know, I, I wouldn't say go to one session and 
be like this quit. No, like I don't like that person. You do have to give it a few sessions mm-hmm. and just kind of see. Wait, scroll down. We're here though. So, what's the difference between trying again and giving up? Like, where do you think those lines are? Hard question. That is a very difficult question. I I think a lot of it may not have to do with the progress mm-hmm. necessarily, but it probably the interaction. Like, yeah. do you trust the person? Do you feel comfortable around the person? Do you feel like the, I say person, therapist, do you feel like you're respected yes. in the session? I mean, that's important. All of these things have to work together to make therapy work. So if you don't feel that almost connected connectiveness mm-hmm. between you and your therapist, it's probably not going to go as well as it should go. Right. Right. I think you need, like, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. You need more than one session to figure out if this is a good fit or not. Because therapy is probably not going to be like trying on sweatpants and they all feel great. Mm -mm. Like, it's supposed to stretch you. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to grow you. It's supposed to shake you up. I've loved therapy sessions for myself, not with clients, but for myself (laughs) where I've lost my voice because I just kind of, like, cried so much. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know... And and that is not a comfortable feeling, but it means you're working out some of those kinks that are inside that need to need to be worked out. You can't just let them stay there. You'll be miserable. And therapy isn't always a feel good ending. No, it you can go there like you were saying, and you can get stretched, and it's not going to feel comfortable. It's not like going, oh, I feel so much better after going to therapy. Mm -hmm. There are those therapy sessions. There are, and they are wonderful when they they happen. But some of the best ones I've been to have left me thinking. Absolutely. And I think it is kind of like exercise and that I've never, I just pure honesty, people, pure honesty. I have never gotten to the point in an exercise program where I'm like, I feel so great after I exercise. (laughs) That probably says a lot about me and my exercise habits, but I think therapy is kind of the same way. You have Mm -hmm. to go through a lot of wearing you the heck out (laughs) before you get to the good touchy feeliness. Mm -hmm. And it might not, it still might not always be great vibes. I would say uh, another good reason to switch up your therapist is if you're finding somebody who's really fast paced. Oh, yeah. There are therapists who are more crisis minded and they just kind of like boom, 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 boom. I'm going to give you five techniques and get you out the door. Bing, bang, boom, and we're done. Um, if someone's moving faster than you are ready to move, I think that finding a new therapist could be totally appropriate. So. That's a really good point. I'm not that type of therapist. Yeah. I'm just not like That's not typically what I do. But I I think I recently scared a client unintentionally because I had such a detailed plan up front and they weren't Mm -hmm. ready for it. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, and and that's okay. That happens. It's, It's finding that balance, but you find that balance with your own therapist. You do. Like- I know for both of us, we've gone back and forth between different treatments we've done in yep. therapy. Sometimes our goal treatment works <laughs> and sometimes you to change up your strategy in the middle. And also we're always learning too. That's another thing. We have to do continuing education every single year. So yes. sometimes we go and we get all of these great ideas and we're like, come back, let's try all the things. Yes. <laughs> yes. And sometimes it's like throwing a plate of spaghetti up against the wall and just seeing what sticks. And sometimes it's like, okay, we're going to do this targeted plan. Moving into my next little question for you. Do you think you need to know why you want to go to therapy before you go? And how do we navigate that? 
if you're thinking of going to therapy, you have an idea of what you would like out of therapy. Yes. Areas you want help with. However, that being said, I think when you actually get into therapy and they start kind of probing and asking questions in different ways and making you think of things in different ways, you're going to start realizing there are other things oh, yeah. that need to be addressed in therapy. Sometimes it's like flipping Pandora's box. Oh, Even yeah. for us, we both experience that. We're like just bebopping along and we think, I, I mean, this happened to me recently. I was like, I definitely processed this already. And then I'm like, I didn't process that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you you could go in with an idea. Now, your idea of why you might want to go could be helpful in finding the initial therapist that you see. Yes. Because you probably do want to find somebody who specializes to an extent in what, but again, they might not necessarily specialize. That doesn't mean that they're not a great fit. Mm-hmm. And I've had people come in and ask me, like, do you specialize in X, Y, Z? And if my answer is no, I tell them, hey, let's just get going here to get you in. And if it's not a good fit, you can switch to somebody else. I'm not necessarily, now there's some things that I just will not do. But if it seems to be generally within my mm-hmm. scope of practice, Kind of like doctors, they're not specialized in, I mean, I don't think any of the pediatricians specialize in strep throat, but they know how to treat it because yes. they're a pediatrician. So kind of the same concept with a the therapist. And typically when you're picking them on their, on the um, counseling website that they're on, they mm-hmm. typically have what they specialize in. Yes. And a lot of times that doesn't mean that they're necessarily trained in treating that. Yes. It might be something that they have a lot of experience and have gained knowledge in that area instead of going to a class or, you know, taking a course or whatever in it. Now you do have therapists who are specialized in specific type of treatments that are trained and certified in it. Um, But then there's the other ones who have just had more experience in one area or another. Yes. But don't get hung up on that. I think you can... I've heard people talk a lot about, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. I need a cognitive behavioral therapist or I need um, a trauma therapist. Now that, that I will say, if you need a trauma therapist, I think you do need to find someone who specializes in trauma. Mm-hmm. That That's just a given. And I think if there's any kind of substance abuse or sexual offense, you definitely need to find someone who specializes in that because those are very specific things. They're very tailored and that is very important. You do need to have be with someone who is used to treating that or mm-hmm. completely certified in that. And has very detailed plans about what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from that, for anxiety, stress management, time management, feeling overwhelmed, motherhood issues, oh goodness, what else? Just, just kind of, I don't want to say these are basic issues, but they're kind of more general. Mm-hmm. There might be a lot of different treatment modalities that are good for you, so I don't think you have to crack open your Encyclopedia Britannica and go, <laughs> all right, I need to find one person who does this treatment and that's what I need. So I think a big thing is just having like enough information. You're not expected to be an expert in your own treatment when you go in. That's why you're going to therapy. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of go in with an open mind, but it is helpful to again, know some of those qualifying questions when you're looking for your therapist and what they kind of specialize in. Because, I mean, again, if they don't specialize at all in anything remotely close to what you're going in for, it's probably a good idea to look for somebody else. And ways that you can find someone who, like, if you have a friend who's struggling with something similar, I mean, ask them who they're going to see. Yeah. A lot of times with therapy, it is word of mouth. It is. 
It is lots of times people are like, hey, this person was really helpful for me for this mm-hmm. situation. And they tell their friends about it. Mm-hmm. We That's what we did. That's how I found mine. <laughs> uh, and someone that I knew referred me to her. So, and it just, you know, kind of keeps going down the chain. So. And let's, let's, let's talk, talk about something that's not on one of your bullet points is what if you're a therapist looking for therapy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we truly believe that everybody needs to go to therapy. Yes. As therapists, right? Oh, absolutely. But we are our worst patients. Oh, oh it's awful. It took me what? It, a, a long time. A year? A long a year time. And, and God bless you therapists who will see other therapists. I I hope that one day I get that opportunity. (laughs) I really do. Because it's just, first of all, you need to find somebody that you're not connected with. That's hard. Which is hard, especially live in a small community like we do. So it has to be somebody that you haven't really worked with in a close capacity before, which can be difficult. And the likelihood of your past crossing in your treatment is pretty high. Sometimes, and you have to work on that. You, it can't be you can't be get, getting therapy from someone that you got to sit with a treatment team meeting for somebody else next time. Right, right. So you can't, but you both have to be aware that your paths are probably going to cross at some point. How do you handle it? Yeah, and, and you have to have those conversations up front. Yes. So yeah. you can just it, again. I think it's worse in smaller communities, but even so, you need someone who is probably more experienced than you are Mm -hmm. because otherwise you're just going to be like, what am I doing? If you feel like you're on the same level yeah, or more experienced in your certain situation, we're really bad at trying to therapize ourselves. Yes. And in therapy, in therapy or out of therapy or giving ourselves anxiety attacks because (laughs) we don't understand why we're not handling this thing, this really terrible thing that happened to us. Well, We've never done that never. ever just on the phone with each other about five times a day. But you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. You have to just find someone who can work you through those things. So if you're a therapist and you're listening and you're avoiding therapy, go, you need go. to be in therapy. Cause it's not, <laughs> it's not scary. The, our, our whole, if, if we can do one thing for you guys, please don't think that therapy is scary, whether you're a therapist or not. But something that makes it a little more accessible now is telehealth. Let's talk about telehealth. Oh, telehealth. So telehealth is probably one of the only gifts of 2020 that we appreciate. Telehealth can be really useful. Mm -hmm. It can help you get connected with somebody who specializes in something that doesn't necessarily live in your town. It can help you see somebody on your lunch break. If you really don't have time to get Mm -hmm. to their office, but you really need to be in therapy every week. It, it can be a very, it also can take some of the human connection out. This is where my thoughts on telehealth come in. Yes, it, it has been, it has been a blessing, especially working during COVID. Mm-hmm. Telehealth has been a godsend. Um, but, you know, did, you did a lot of telehealth. I did. See, I did not. I've only done like two or three telehealth sessions. For yourself? Or... For myself. Okay, yeah. Yes, for myself. And I didn't like it. It's mm-hmm. not for me. I'm much more guarded and I can hide things easier and mm-hmm. I emotionally can cut off when yeah. it's telehealth. So yeah. I think that's when you're looking into therapy, you need to be aware of what some of your um, barriers are going to be because you want to be open and honest. You do. And 
just dig in there and, you know, get to the root of what's going on. But, you know, it, it can be great, but you have to know. I was in a situation where if I didn't do telehealth, I wouldn't have got to have therapy every week. And I really needed it because I was postpartuming pretty hard and it was the pandemic and I couldn't get there every week. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was a blessing. But if you are a person who will not talk unless you're <laughs> in the room, then you need to go to the room. <laughs> so, but I think it can be helpful. For... And it's trial and error. Yes. You don't have to, you know. And most mo- most people are offering it as an option. Mm-hmm. Now, so you might be a person who's like, I, and I have clients like this. I routinely come and sit in your chair, but there's this once a month meeting that I have to be at that takes most of my lunch break and it's the only way I can do it. Yeah. So do be mindful if you do telehealth of your surroundings. That's always a fun one. (laughs) Just to make sure that like understand that people can see you and can see where you're (laughs) sitting and all of that stuff. You can have some really fun laughs if you don't. I mean, just pay attention to all of the fun YouTube videos about people on Zoom meetings for the last couple of years. So too much. It's a fun too much funny. Okay. Last thing, and this is probably the most controversial. So if you've hung with us this far, don't give up yet. Please don't give up yet. But we have to talk about our thoughts and feelings, and you're going to be surprised, about Christian counseling versus a licensed Christian counselor. And we both just took a deep breath. You may have heard that. Deep breaths. So I would say that my opinion on this has changed as I've gone through school. And as I've worked in the field a lot, because Christian counseling is a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we tend to think that if we are a Christian seeking counseling, we definitely need to have a Christian counselor. I have a couple of different opinions on this. My first one is that I don't think that you're wrong in wanting someone who shares your beliefs to mm-hmm. be counseling you. But I also think that it can get into some of those gray areas of like, I'm a Christian, but I send my kids to public school. Really, any any argument like that. I don't think that if you're a Christian seeking counseling, you have to have a Christian counselor if you feel secure in your faith and you know what you believe. Most of us are not going to be asking you to do anything that should be counter- countering your beliefs, I don't think. So, and if you feel uncomfortable with something, whether it's related to your spirituality or not, you need to just tell your therapist, yeah, that's not really something that I'm down with. Some people don't feel really good about like meditation, mindfulness, anything like that, that's kind of borderline and you could go further into it. If that's not something you're down with, you just need to tell them. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of statistics coming out now on people who were professing to be Christian counselors, but weren't necessary. They were just, you know, people that didn't have training to back that up and kind of giving off of the idea that if you were experiencing a mental health problem, it had to be a deficit in your faith. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have been damaged by this. So please hear me. I don't think that the people who said that over the past however many years were trying to do more harm than good, but they did more harm than good. Your mental health is not a deficit in your faith. It is a, it can be a chemical imbalance. It can be a trauma response. 
It can be a whole host of things, but I truly do not believe that your mental health is something that you can pray away or that you need to read your Bible more and it's just going to fix it. Those things support your whole wellness. I'm going to, I'm going to start smacking the table here because I get real fired up. I get, I get real fired up. Also, we're Christians guys. This is not like, you know, we're coming at this from a different perspective. A piece of this, though, you know, even if you aren't Christian or you're a Christian who doesn't want to go to a Christian therapist because they might impose their beliefs upon you, mm-hmm. um, that should be one of an intake, an, a question asked at yes. intake is, you know, do you want a spiritual part of this treatment plan, mm-hmm. do you, you know, tailored to faith or whatnot? Yes. Um so it doesn't have to be in there. If you don't want it to be in there, Christian, mm-hmm. not Christian, whatever you are, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. in there. So just because you're going to a counselor who's in a Christian facility, it doesn't mean that that faith part has to be in there. It doesn't. So you can you need to vocalize your thoughts and feelings about this. It does. And I, I see a wide variety of people who come in and say, like, I... I draw great support from prayer and yeah, I went to church once when I was a kid or I've never darkened the doors or completely different religions. And as counselors, we are bound to respect that. Mm -hmm. I do think that pastoral counseling can have a place here as well. There's very good reasons to go see a pastoral counselor. Absolutely. Crisis of faith, something related to spirituality. Sometimes uh, relationship counseling can be that. That can be tricky. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) But that, that can fall in the realm. But if you have somebody tell you you just need to pray more and Jesus is going to fix you, and if Jesus doesn't fix you, then you're not praying enough, please leave. Find somebody else. And please don't come at me about that. I mean, you can, but hear me in saying that I pray and I read my Bible and I still have anxiety. And I've beat myself up about that. And I've been through the ringer with it. And I've seen other people go through the ringer with it. And I still pray and I still read my Bible and I still have anxiety and I'm treating that. It's the same way that we wouldn't tell you that, well, I mean, I guess some people would tell you that if you had cancer, you just needed to pray and read more. Those things are not medicinal treatments for something that is wrong with your body. Not advocating for medicine for anxiety. Didn't hear that either. But it's a part of whole wellness. You can continue to have your faith. And you can see someone who supports you in your faith, but can also walk you through some of those. And there there are Christian counselors who are trained in psychological techniques. And that those aren't two exclusionary thoughts. I think that's really where I want people to get is that you don't have to pick either getting a Christian counselor or a licensed counselor or a certified counselor. There is a combo. (laughs) It does Mm -hmm. exist. And when you're working through mental wellness, Christian or not, I think you need both, both things to be tailored to for Mm -hmm. whatever your belief system is. Whew. Okay. (laughs) Take a deep breath now. We got to do a whole episode on this. Remember when we said this was going to be short and now here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, guys. So you need to go talk to us on Instagram about something that you would love to see in a future coffee chat that is just straight up mental health like this episode has been. We want to, before we go, give a huge shout out to Mama Crockett's Donuts in Lynchburg, who 
we love and we have donuts from them tonight and they're delicious. Actually, Always. I don't know how many is left in the box. How many did you leave me? Oh, not many. Jenna may have picked <laughs> these up on her way and she may have <laughs> eaten a few and it's okay. I don't judge you at all. They're delicious. <laughs> they're delicious. I feel judged. But we are so proud of Owner Guy for mm -hmm. taking the time and the courage to say my mental health needs a break and so we're going to take a break that's just, we like there needs to be more people out there like absolutely. that to break this stigma which is part of what we're trying to do here is mental health has such a large stigma yes. attached to it and this guy i don't i don't even know what his name is but mr owner guy he calls himself <laughs> owner guy oh really yeah Mama Crockett's guy, like, you are awesome. Like, yeah. you being brave enough to speak out and say, you know what? I'm ending this because I need help with this. Like, yes. it's awesome. It's awesome. Absolutely. I couldn't be more proud. And, and I think we as a community need to be supportive of that. Mm -hmm. I've seen some some pretty hateful stuff going around. And I just want to say that we, we've all hit struggles and we don't all handle it the same way. And that's why therapy and mental health needs to be talked about more not necessarily that you just always need to be running to a therapist. That's not what we're about, but mental health struggles are real. They mm -hmm. affect every area of your life when they're happening mm -hmm. and we should support people who are choosing to t take care of that. And I would guarantee that every person at some point in their life experiences some kind of love, some level of mental health issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And we want to recognize that earlier so that we're not 10, 20, 30 years down the road and not getting help for it and being a miserable human being. So that's why we're here. Okay. Is that enough? Do we, do we need more coffee? We, I think we need more coffee. Yeah, I think we need, I think you definitely need more coffee. You have to stay up all night working in mental health, you know, so coffee up way. All right, guys, we are rooting for you. You can do this and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.